Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. This coming Thursday, March the 19th, we are going to celebrate uh, a solemnity, a major feast day, one of only three that are permitted ever to interrupt our Lenten observances. Back in 1969, when the liturgical calendar was renewed as a result of the Second Vatican Council, there was a very deep concern that the major seasons of the year be clearly major seasons, especially the season of Lent. So a great many of the important saints' days were taken out of Lent, placed in other parts of the liturgical calendar, so that the season of Lent would be all the more brightly known and more deeply observed, rather than constantly being interrupted by the celebration of feast days. But there were three of the solemnities that were considered so important that they were allowed to be celebrated as solemnities even in Lent. There is the Solemnity of the Chair of St. Peter on February the 22nd. There is the Annunciation of the Angel Gabriel to Mary on March 25th. And then there is the Solemnity of St. Joseph on March the 19th. And I want to speak about uh, St. Joseph because the devotion to St. Joseph is so worldwide in its appeal that it is one of the phenomenons of of Catholic life. In practically every culture in which uh, Catholicism has been introduced, the figure of Joseph has had a a, a particular attraction. In fact, uh, back in the early 1960s, right after uh, John XXIII was elected pope, He insisted that the name of Joseph be inserted into the canon of the older Mass. And I think this is why the present Pope, Francis, has inserted the name of Joseph in the other Eucharistic prayers that are used, not only because of the widespread devotion to Joseph, but because of the example that Joseph has given of discipleship and Christian devotion. Now, this worldwide devotion to St. Joseph, I think, is remarkable because there is really very scant mention of him in sacred scripture. He seems to be mentioned because of his pivotal role in taking Mary into his household as his wife and the training of of Jesus. But when those events were passed, Joseph just disappears. But if you look at those episodes in which Joseph plays such a large role, you will notice that in spite of the fact that no word is recorded that was spoken by Joseph, There is an extraordinary power to the way in which Joseph responds not only to the word of God, but to his vocation. 
There was a kind of tag that was uh, attached to St. Joseph that came out of the Middle Ages. It was Takuit et Fechit. He was silent and he did it. And you may notice in all of the episodes in which Joseph plays a significant role, there is a sense that the minute that Joseph heard and discerned the authenticity of the voice of God, he obeyed. He took on that new role in spite of the life and the extraordinary life to which he was being called. You may notice that when Mary receives a message that she was to be the mother of the Savior, she, she stopped. She said, well, how is this going to happen? Joseph never raises an issue like that. He has discerned the voice of God, and he did it. So you look at, at Joseph as he appears, and in very significant ways. He first appears as an individual that was committed always to doing what is just and what is good. And what is just and good for Joseph meant following the law of God that had been given to him through Moses, first of all, but then following the new law of Christ, as it was discerned in those special messages that came to Joseph in those dreams. And that desire always to do the just and the good allowed him to open his heart as well as his will to realizing that that word of God is given for our good and for the good of the world. And in the same fashion, we ought to have that devotion to the truth, the just, and the good that is revealed in Jesus Christ, even in the smallest things in our lives, the way that we speak, the words that we use in talking with others, the simple habits of gentleness and kindness and generosity. And they all become an example of our realization that we are on that pilgrimage of grace, following Jesus Christ to that eternal love of God. The second way that Joseph is a model for us is that as a guardian and an educator, some of the most tender portrayals of Joseph with Mary and Jesus that come to us from the great artist of the past show that tender care for Mary and Joseph. He is a guardian, and you notice that, that constant desire to protect and to encourage. But he is also the educator. He taught Jesus a trade. He and his, uh, Mary taught Jesus the prayers, the uh, weekly observances of the Jewish people. So that Joseph is both a guardian and an educator. And a true educator is also a guardian. A guardian of what is true, what is good, what is helpful. And a guardian of a child's consciousness and a child's development. 
There is also Joseph as the one who listens. And as I mentioned, listens so that God may speak to him. Listens in a way in which he already knows how to discern that true voice. And when in hearing it, gives ready obedience. And remember that the word obedience actually comes from a Latin word, audire, which means to listen and to hear very carefully. Joseph is also a wonderful example of how one accepts a vocation. Even when one is totally unexpected, as it was for Joseph. But understanding that in accepting his vocation, Joseph did so in furtherance of God's providence, his plan for his creatures, and for the culmination of the revelation of his love. Joseph is also an example of the celibate life which he took upon himself when he took Mary as his wife. This celibate life really represented a life now dedicated entirely to doing the work of God through Jesus Christ. And it is a life of loving devotion and a life of clear commitment. And we pray for Joseph as the one who encourages us not only to a deep devotion to spouse, but also a great protector of the celibate life and its meaning. And the last thing that I want to mention about St. Joseph and what makes him such a wonderful patron, and he is the patron of the church, is his watchfulness, his vigilance. That is a profound virtue. And in so many of the portrayals of Joseph in art, you may notice that he is constantly watching. He is watching, of course, for danger, as he had to watch when he took uh, Mary and Jesus into Egypt to escape the hatred of Herod, watching for that danger. But vigilance means also watching for the opportunities to see the good, to grasp it, and to do it. To look for those ways in which our Christian life can be expressed and expanded. And in this vigilance, we come to understand that ever more brightly, the life to which we are called by Christ and the vocation in that life to which we are called becomes really the greatest source of our happiness and our peace. St. Joseph, pray for us.